If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to episode 68 of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, and I'm back with another incredible expert. Today, I interview Danette May, who is a VIP coach, author, and international speaker. She is the founder of not one, but two eight-figure businesses with Earth Echo Foods and Fit Rise 365. She speaks all over the world. She is the best-selling author of the book, The Rise, and she has her new book, Embrace Abundance, coming out later this year. Danette has such an incredible story of, you know, I just named off all of her credentials and you know, her journey started when she was going through a horrendous divorce. She had $47 to her name and through a series of incredible mindset shifts and things that she did in her day-to-day life, she has been able to grow her life into what it is today. And in this episode, we talk about what she calls refining moments and what were some of her refining moments that got her from where she was to where she is today. We talk about the power of surrender and how surrender can be seen as losing or giving up and how there's so much power in being able to surrender. We talk about this topic of abundance and she talks about how abundance is our birthright in all aspects of our lives. So I talked to her about how we can learn to embrace abundance in our relationships and not just settle for good enough. Um, We talk about some really interesting topics around what is the individual's responsibility when it comes to attracting the partner of your dreams. So she is so inspiring in the way that all the things that she talks about are things that she did personally. Like she really use this term like she's taken her mess and has turned it into a beautiful message that has impacted millions of people 
all over the world. So I'm so excited to share her story and share her message and her wisdom with you guys today. And for those of you that want to pre-order her book, I know I will 100% be doing that. If you pre-order her book, you will get a ticket to a virtual live event with her where she will be talking all things relationship. So I know I will be snagging a pre-order copy as well as attending that live event, and I hope you guys all do too. So without further ado, here is Danette May. Welcome, Danette, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I am so excited to have you on and learn more about you and chat with you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So could you tell us a little bit about what you do? I know you have a lot of aspects to what you do. And so I'd love to hear what you do and and what, you know, led you to this place that you are now. You know, it's interesting, this question, right? Because when we get asked this or we like hear someone on a podcast, we're like, hey, how did they get there? And the truth is like, I want to talk openly about kind of my past because I don't actually believe I'd be sitting here right now with, you know, the businesses I have talking with you if I hadn't had my refiner spire, if I wouldn't have had this, what a lot of people would call a murky, muddy past. Um, it is really was the refiner spire for the true character and the evolution of who I am today and who I'm going to continue to be. So I, I do want to go back to that. Um, you were telling me at the beginning before we hit record that you think we could talk about my story and I don't know how many people know who I am here, but on the outside, what you'll see is like this best-selling author and a new book coming out with Hey House again and um, two eight-figure businesses and, and helping women with digital programs as well as a superfood company. And yes, I am all those things. And I'm all those things because I really harnessed who I truly, truly am. And I'm stepping into her every single day because my mess became my message. <laughs> and, and not too long ago, you know, it's been a while now. It's interesting every time I do this story, cause I'm like, wow, it always feels so fresh, but it's now been a while. You know, there was a time where, you know, I, I think on the outside people would have been like, she's doing good. She has a beautiful little daughter. She's married. She seems healthy. She has a little personal training business. And what happened was I was in this space of not listening to my intuition. And I think a lot of us get into this position because we take on all the programming from where we were born. We take on these ideas of what we should believe in, the kind of friends we should have, the kind of house we should have, the kind of person we should marry or be with. And we take all this on and we think that's us. And it's in our refiner's fire that all of it gets burned away to where you get to go, who am I? What do I believe? How do I want to live my life? What kind of home do I want? What's really actually important to me? And for me, this happened when I lost my son. You know, I was just in this autopilot motion. I wasn't in a relationship that was really my soul's relationship. I was obviously practicing all these things were not my soul's expression. And I just had turned off my intuition to be able to stay in that role that I was living. And so when my son passed, I truly say it was the time when I woke up and it wasn't like I just woke up. Obviously I had depression for three months. I really questioned my life. There was a time when I wanted to take my life. I write about it in the rise book. It was this refiner's fire of going, okay, it's all burned to the ground. Now, who am I? And who am I going to show up to be for my daughter 
and my life. And so that led me on many multiple <laughs> refiner's fire. They say like when the bottom falls out, more does. And that <laughs> led me to a really difficult divorce, $47 to my name. I'm raising these two daughters on my own and really having to find my grit and find who I am. And that's really the start of the biggest transformation for me. I love the concept of like the refining moments and I think sometimes, you know, the rock bottom can get a bad rap. I mean, looking at it from the outside, things look so bad, and, but you have to fast forward months or years down the road to see everything that can be rebuilt. I'm sure you've talked to so many people that are kind of at that point. And I also think it's a crossroads because you could have gone a lot of different directions. Um, and I'm curious, like what led you to choose you? Yeah, that's such a great question. Here's what I know about rock bottom. It's actually the best place that you can be in. It actually is the leverage to really catapult your life in another direction. And I always think of like, let's imagine me or whoever's listening, you're literally feel like you're being burnt, right? Because when you're in the refiner's fire, the heat is so turned up. I always say, I always felt like I was getting pushed into washing machine on high cycle. And I was like gagging for air and just spinning everywhere. That's what I, literally my life felt like. And I was like, when is this wash going to be over <laughs> and the door open? But here's what can happen. You have a choice in these moments. You can literally be burning and thinking and like scrambling to grab old parts of you that are melting away and try to put them back on. People run back to old relationships. People run back to their parents and be like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this or all these different things, right? And try to put those clothes and those layers back on because it's scary, right? All of a sudden you're burned and you see all these pieces of you scattered everywhere. You can try to gather them or you can say, I'm emerging, I'm emerging clean. I'm emerging refined because the refiner's fire molds the most beautiful glass if you're willing to let it. So I, I honestly think that's why the gift of the rock bottom, I really didn't feel like I had much to grab at that point. And I think a lot of people in might be hearing and you just go, you know what? There's not a lot left to grab. It's going to be a really holy shirt. It's going to be singed pants. So why not just step into new clothes, step into a new way of being. And, and an exercise that I was doing was who was I, who am I and who am I becoming? And it's something that I do like quite frequently, like every six months is really take that inventory. But it really was just me going, I don't really have any other way to go because everything's getting burnt to the ground. So sometimes you're in that. <laughs> it's a little more harder when you not everything's singed, right? You have a little bit more direction to go. You can play the victim and all those things. It reminds me. So my rock bottom moment was needing to get sober. And they talked to me about the gift of desperation. That's has always stuck with me is I think when we're going through, whether it's a breakup or something traumatic, there's a lot of pain, but we're really fueled by pain as yeah. humans, I think. So I think there's so much power in that. And another thing that you were saying, and, and this reminds me of these like messages that we get in the societal norms, but I think there's such a negative perception on the term surrender because we do, we live in this like hustle culture, work hard for what you want. No, like don't surrender, don't give up. But I think there's a lot of power in giving up and saying, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to do things differently. What are your thoughts on surrendering? Well, one thing you just said that is a huge nugget in that phrase of surrender. 
I'm willing to do things differently. I'm willing to choose me. I'm willing to look at what do I choose. Surrendering, there's two different connotations. The one you just described, there is so much power because there's a willingness to shift. There's a willingness to be led in a more profound direction in the surrender. The other connotation is I don't care anymore. I'm not going to change. I have no control about anything. I'm just surrendering. The truth is you are more in control of your life than a lot of people give credit to. And not to say that there's energetics involved because there definitely is. And I have to accredit a lot of my success to these energetics, but my action, the choices I made, the way I show up is also my control. You become the magnet to your dreams when you take action with that faith. And so um, the surrender is the magic sauce. It is the magic sauce because you're surrendering to the change, not to the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Like in, you know, thinking about this in the frame of a breakup, you're not surrendering to the ex you're surrendering to i don't know what the future will hold for me but i'm willing to step forward into this even if i don't entirely know what i'm stepping into yep but you're also holding a vision within yourself of what could be possible are you looking for the miracles are you holding the idea i was just doing a coaching right before i came on with you with a woman who was like stepping into this new job and she was feeling all the fear because she hadn't gotten the call back, whether she finally got it, she'd gone through four interviews. And what happens is you start to think of the negative, right? You start to question your age, your abilities, all these things. But the only part of surrender that's, well, not the only, but the magical part of surrender is literally seeing the vision. So I had her go through, see yourself getting the call, see yourself sitting at the desk, feel what it would feel like, which is usually excitement. Like, so someone who broke up, what is this new relationship? Maybe your freedom of being single. Like now, what do you get to choose? Did you actually even choose anything you really liked? Or were you in a relationship where those choices, you just kind of went with whatever you have this new and so feel into that and then surrender what the universe wants to bring you that could be even greater than the dream in your heart, greater than your vision. So I'd love to hear, you know, in whatever brief or long description you want to give, how do you define abundance? Yeah, so good. I love that there could be a trigger for other people. Now, I have a feeling if we were to go into your childhood, what that meant for you, but abundance to me is a 360 degree experience. So sometimes when we hear this word abundance, it's like clothes, money, trips. And for me, this 360 degree experience, which I lay out is relationships. You can strive for all this money. And I literally have gotten to a point where we've grown all these businesses. And I'm like, I just want true friends. Like, I don't care about, about the next business hack. I don't even really care about the masterminds because I'm looking for true friends. So abundance and relationship, people who got you, who inspire you, um, you know, that lover, that passion in the bedroom, all of that, your health. How are you feeling your spiritual connection to yourself and to a higher power, to your love for yourself, um, your give back, your legacy, as well as fun times? What are you doing for fun? Are you a juicing life? Like that is abundance and, and money, right? And career, all that's abundance. So a lot of times people put abundance in this little basket of money, 
and we have all these paradigms around money. And so then it creates a little rub, a little friction, or if I have a lot of money, can I still have a really good relationship? Can I really have all of this abundance? And I'm here to tell you, it's your birthright to. It's your birthright to not because you're so big and you're, you're so greedy because you want it all. It's because all interconnect. And when you have abundance in your health, there tends to be a little bit more abundance in your passion in the bedroom and your relationships. When you have financial abundance, you tend to be able to contribute more and create a legacy and help and make a difference in other people's lives. They're all interconnected. And we forget that when one's spurred and they're all lit up, it creates you being able to impact and show up in your soul's purpose on a whole nother level. That's why I'm so committed to this conversation and really helping people step into these steps so that people are in their soul's purpose ultimately. I, I mean, I think so few people grow up thinking it is my birthright to have abundance. We're taught, you know, you can have the family or a career. I think especially as women, we're right. like asked to make a lot of choices in between right. things. And this is something I've been working on the last year. I struggle a lot with jealousy and I have that thought that if someone else is getting success, <laughs> there's less of the pie for me, you know? And so like changing my mindset around there's an infinite pie just because someone is getting theirs doesn't take anything away from mine. Absolutely. I'd like to use this phrase because um, instead of saying, I'm so jealous, I say, I'm so inspired. Because when you Love see that. something happening for someone else, you have to understand we're all connected or you see a dream. I also call it spiritual driftwood. Like imagine a piece of driftwood floating down the river. You have these ideas, you have these things that you want to implement in life. And sometimes you see that other people have implemented them or they're in that relationship or they're with that guy you wanted or they're in the job or they created the business that you wanted to and you see it. That's like the spiritual driftwood going down. It says that's for you too. That's actually letting you know you're on the right track. You can be in that kind of relationship. You can also start the business. It's a reminder in your path. I think that applies so much to those that are listening that believe that because all of their friends are married and they're going through a breakup, it means all the good people are taken. I'm just going to be here. But it, it is. It's like if you have a lot of people around you, look to those people. They can be sort of expanders for you in that arena. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? 
Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Another thing that I was thinking about with abundance, and I deal with this a lot with my clients, is they will be coming out of a pretty good relationship where they were nice, they had fun together, they shared similar values, and then the relationship ends. And I think there's one of two thoughts with that. One is they think because they had it once, they'll never have it again. I tell them they think it's like a drink ticket. Like we only get like one (laughs) drink ticket for a good relationship and then we're, you're out. Or what I find is they'll say, oh, but my ex was so nice. And I'll say, you can have a nice person, but you can also have a nice person that you have so much chemistry with that inspires you. Like you can build on these things. And I think so many people settle in relationships because they're like, oh, I got a good person that respects me you know, I'm done. And so they, they don't think that they can have everything that they want in relationships. Yeah. The biggest work that any of us will do, me included, um, is this self-worth work. Because once you step into this underbelly of this belief system of, can I have one ticket or can I have 20 tickets or can I have a million? Are they infinite? Right. Um, when you step into this worth it really starts to weed out a lot of this like, oh, did, you know, are the good ones taken? Or this whole drama around, I don't know if I can have all that. I don't know. Because when you just start to focus there, it literally opens up everything, your financial, your career, your impact, your relationships, all of it. But a lot of people are not really willing to go into that underbelly of worth and find out where it stemmed from and do deep, deep healing around this center of worth. And that to me, you know, I think in business, I get asked to speak a lot in business settings on these businesses that I've created. And yeah, I can teach people on that, but I'm like, there's a current that no one's talking about and it's around deep healing around self-worth. And when I did that work and I went to deep healers and spent deep time on that, that's when everything shifted. Yeah. Speaking personally, that has been my biggest thing that I've had to work through. And I remember, it's so funny. I remember thinking when I was in my early twenties, 
just getting sober, I remember thinking I had this in my head that when I turned 30, I would get self-esteem and self-worth, like just, you know, magically when I turn into an adult or when I get married, you know, I'll have this like instant self-esteem and self-worth and being at that place now. And I think back to all of the things that I did to foster that self-esteem and self-worth. And I know in my experience, So much of that came from taking small actions throughout the day to change my mindset. Cause I couldn't just say, Kendra, you're worthy. And then I wasn't like, okay, great. I'm worthy. You know? So like when you went through your transformation, were there any rituals or practices that you incorporated that really allowed you to go from there to where you are now? Yeah. And I lay them all in my book because there's not just one, you know, everyone there's small, and I always say this, small hinges move big doors. That's what I love about my teachings and my coachings is I share like this, I'm looking at a door right now. I yeah. share the small movements you can make, the daily little nuggets. They're not big, they're not grandiose, but they move the big door of your dreams. So if, whether that's dream of a relationship, that's a dream of your health, that's a dream of finances, whatever the dream is. I don't know how many people have read the Health the four agreements, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And they t- there's one of the agreements is be impeccable with your word. And a lot of times we think outwardly, like I'm going to be impeccable with my word. I'm going to be honest with people. I'm going to show up when they say I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. My question for you and for me and everyone listening is like, are we being impeccable to the word to ourselves? Because do we show up when we say we're going to set a goal for something? Do we, do we show up when we're like, Hey, this time I'm going to write this book from this time to this time, I'm going to be writing from this time to this time. I'm going to work out. Do we show up in that impeccability for ourselves? Because that breeds confidence when we are disciplined when we do the things that are actually honoring, not always easy, but honoring to our goals and honoring to who we are and where we're going, it creates this discipline, which then creates the self-worth and self-love. So that's one of the biggest things I'm always asking, am I being impeccable to the word to myself? Am I honest to myself? Am I lying to myself about my friends? Am I lying to myself about my business or my soul's call? Am I being impeccable with my word? And that's the number one thing that I have been doing. And that also ties in with radical responsibility for your life, of course. Um, That to me is one of the major things that I did. Um, The other two things I do is a ritual that I do no matter if I'm on vacation or if I'm speaking at an event and I've traveled, you know, international and I'm like all screwed up time zone is I really set myself up first thing in the morning, usually when the sun rises, because the veil is really thin during that time, you're actually really able to drop into different ethereal emotions, different knowings. And I, I journal with my soul and I write, what would you have me know? And I really write out whatever comes to mind. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I just sit there, (laughs) but um, I'm, I'm having a ritual with my soul every morning. And how many of us can really say, I put my soul first before I put anyone else and the wisdom of what wants to come through me. And when you start to get into that practice, it really opens the doors as well. I do the same thing. That's the first thing I do is pick up my journal in the morning. There've been so many times where I thought, I didn't even know I had this in me. I didn't know I felt this way. I didn't know this was even an issue (laughs) until I put pen to paper. And I'm wondering, because you mentioned in the beginning how you were so not in tune with your intuition. Did this practice help 
reconnect yeah. you where you could trust yourself again. Yes. Yes. And this is also what I do with clients. Cause a lot of times people are like, Oh, I don't really know if it's my intuition or if it's just negativity. I don't really know what's what. So this will help you because you might get a hit on something. When I say a hit, it's an idea. Um, and it'll come up in soul writing in that morning time. And then you get to step into it. Like it might be call this person or it might be, hey, did you go do that checkup? Maybe you need to go check something on your body. Maybe you need to break up with whoever you're with, right? Maybe yeah. you need to be the breakup, breakup bestie. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you journal this stuff and when you step into it, even though your knees are knocking, even though you're like, this doesn't make any sense, then on the other end, you might understand why. And that builds so much confidence. Like you just start to go, oh, my intuition, I can feel it. I can understand it. Um, and you get better and better at it. I know so many of my clients struggle with, with trusting themselves because they'll get out of this relationship that they thought was amazing. And then their ex comes down off the pedestal and the blinding love fades away. And they think, how could I put myself in a position like that? How could I think I was going to spend forever with someone that wasn't treating me well? And so they have this fear moving into future relationships that they can't trust themselves. But I'm sure so much of this comes down to what conversation are we having? Like, are you saying I can't trust myself? That's not true. You can trust yourself. You just need to relearn, you know, how to do it. Yeah. And I think watching our language, I don't know if you're like me, but I constantly hear myself and others say, I don't know. I don't know, but I think this, I don't know. And I'm like, ah, stop with that language because you do know and try on the language. I do know I'm still discovering. I do have the wisdom. I do know. I just, I'm learning still. I'm seeing, I'm witnessing, I'm feeling into versus, I don't know, <laughs> you know, just yeah. watch. Mine was, uh, sorry. Sorry. My, my <laughs> biggest thing is like, my biggest thing is always having this fear of being a burden on other people. So I just would constantly apologize for anything ex existing, you know? <laughs> so for me, I had to catch myself yes. not saying sorry so often. And I catch this with clients when they'll say, if they say, I'll never get over this. I'll never let go of my ex. I'll never get anything better. I say, you know, stop with the nevers. Yeah. Right. You're what you focus on expands. So yeah. whatever you're focusing on will expand in your life. Yeah. And I want to jump back to what you were talking about with the radical responsibility. And specifically talking about that with finding a new partner. So I spent most of my life thinking that my bad relationships were a result of bad luck, were a result of like hanging out in the wrong places. So I wasn't reading, meeting the right people. So many outside circumstances. And then I finally had the moment where I realized it had everything to do with my beliefs about myself. And so I would love if you could touch on like, what do you think is each individual's responsibility when it comes to finding a partner? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but I created a relationship program just recently that we just launched. It's already been launched. So if you're listening, maybe we can do something later in the future, but there are thousands in there and it's fascinating because a lot of times people think this relationship is outside of them. And I'm here to tell you that the relationship is whatever you're embodying inside. You know, for me, I had to use all these practices in the new relationship I'm in right now because I went through a terrible divorce and 
I was a single mom and I wasn't connected to anyone. You know, there, I don't even think there was dating apps. I never, I've never even been in a bar. This is how, <laughs> but so I literally harnessed energy. I would use visualizations, meditation, who is Danette? embodying who she is, writing out exactly what she would desire and call into her life down to the details. Like, how do I feel? Where do we go? How does he show up? His character, his personality, like detail, detail, but then who does Danette need to be to be with someone like that? And then writing that down and then trying to embody that along with the visualizations and the meditations. And when you step into those things, I mean, you're just like on a jet plane to your soul's contract. That process, similar process that I went through is the reason that I'm married. Cause I thought once I got the relationship, then I would feel good enough. Then I would be comfortable in the relationship. And it was, I had it completely backwards. So I remember having this moment where I was writing down resentments that I had against exes. And then I had this moment where I wrote down, Kendra, these people could compliment you day and night, but if you don't believe anything they're saying, it's never going to register. Right. So Kendra has to actually compliment herself. Kendra has to hear herself. Kendra has to like do this deep love for herself because then you then became the magnet. That's so beautiful because a lot of people are still not clicking that in. And once you do, you're like, Oh, I give that to myself. I become my greatest hero. I become my greatest rescue. I become that human. And then you will become that mirror to attract that type of person who gives it to you and you'll hear it. You'll actually hear it and you'll receive it. (laughs) So good. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think too, another thing that I was very attracted to was this post that you had, and I wrote it down what it said, but it says you are responsible for how your lover treats you. And I'm sure you got like some, you know, comments on there of people who did not agree. Um, But I believe that so much to be true. And I'd love if you could expand on that a little bit. I love you. I love that. So I gave that quote to my social team because they plan out the posts and everything. And my, they came to me before it was ever posted and they're like, this is going to be highly triggering. Are you sure you want to post this? And I said, absolutely. I absolutely want it to. And it's okay if it's triggering. It's okay if people are upset by it because if they're triggered, at least they're going to think about it just a little bit more. And what I mean by it is I'm not saying, oh, I'm so happy that you were abused because people that are triggered by this, I am telling you, it's so hard to be abused sexually. It's so hard to go through some very abandonment, different difficult things. I'm not saying that your lover, that you are are deserving of this. What I'm trying to insinuate, and I'm telling you, I coach with people that have been sexually abused as children, and then they still receive sexual abuse in their 20s and 30s because the energy frequency of that little girl or that little boy that was abused, they didn't quite heal it, right? There was still this unworthiness. I am this person that gets abused, right? This identity of I'm a, so then they're attracting this abuse. No one's fault. But once you understand this, and it's not to take away or to make you feel shame around it or anything, but when you understand it, then you then can go and heal that little girl, that little boy. And when you do that deeper, deeper healing, which there are 
programs, there's high-end level retreats that I even do, there's other people that do things because it requires deep, deep healing. Then that energy of I get abused or people like me sexually or I'm unworthy or there's this, they almost feel like it's a branding. It gets erased. Mm -hmm. And then you're no longer susceptible as much to that abuse. It's not to say you might not run into something. I don't have trauma. It doesn't mean if I went to travel somewhere and it happened, that I would deal with that trauma in that moment. But I'm just saying, if you're bumping into similar patterns of behaviors being onto you, you are responsible for it. And what the good news is, is if you're responsible for it, then that means you get to correct it because you have control of it. I'm so glad you said that because I've been in 12-step recovery for almost nine years now. And there's this whole thing about identifying or owning your part in a resentment. What was your part? And I do have some trauma and realizing that identifying my part in the resentment and identifying where I could have done things differently was not to beat myself up. If anything, it was so empowering because I can't control other people. I can't make someone come and apologize to me. I can't make someone do anything. Um, you know, when I was in an abusive relationship, my part was, I stayed far past the time that my body was screaming at me to leave. You know, that was, that was my part. So I can look at, well, why did I do that? It's because I didn't feel worthy. And then I can like dig layer by layer and, and like figure out the root cause. So I try to tell people that like owning your part and learning what you can change doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean, you know, you're at fault in these kind of situations, but it just, it gives you that empowerment to say, okay, I can do something about me. Like I can change me and I can make it better instead of relying on other people to make me feel safe in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's all different levels of trauma, right? Or how people treat us. If, like you said, um, you didn't feel heard in your relationships or seen a lot of, we hear this a lot, right? I don't feel seen. I don't feel like they really know me. They really hear me. And it's like, do you really know yourself? Do you really see yourself? Do you see the magnificence of who you are? Do you hear yourself when your soul's trying to talk to you? Or do you turn it off and get on social media, like to flip it on its head and that's where your power is going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's so true because again, like if I don't know me and then I complain that I feel like my partner doesn't know me, then how can I expect that? Yeah. Um, so I'd love to wrap it up by asking you if you could send a message to the woman who was going through a divorce with $47 to her name, what would you tell her? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that moment. Cause that girl yeah. is me $47 to my name, terrible divorce. There's a lot of lies, a lot of meanness, right. And a lot of unworthiness on my end and a lot of contributing on my end that created this, right. There was a lot of fear in that moment. I felt like I was going to be alone, that I didn't know what the future brought. I felt um, that I was ruining my children's lives. That's a big one for people that are going through divorce with children. Um, are my kids going to be okay? And I would tell that woman that I would say, you work on loving you. You step into your power of not like I'm going to own things or be someone, but the power of my vulnerability, the power of my worth in all my nothingness, right? That power, that love of me in my nothingness is enough. When I'm there, 
my children are going to thrive. My children are, and my experiences, my finances, my feeling connected is only going to blossom. And that's what I would tell her. I hope everyone that is in that place, you know, cause that's, this podcast is most of the people listening are in that place. So I always love to shine a little bit of hope in that way. Where can people find you, connect with you? I know you have so many different programs. So um, if you could share how people could work with you and then when your book comes out. Yeah. So I'm really excited right now to talk about this book because I feel like I poured everything that I did in all my 360 degree experience of life in this book and really small nugget, tangible things you can do with stories. And so what I'm doing for those who pre-order the book, because pre-ordering books is a big deal, right? You can get it at the bookstore when it launches, you can order on Amazon. When you pre-order on Amazon or any major bookstore, I'm going to give you a free ticket to a live event with me. And this event's all on relationships, how to cultivate those girl relationships that you want to have. Maybe moving through a toxic relationship, how to recover from a toxic relationship and how to attract your passionate lover relationship, right? So that's going to be a live event with me when you pre-order. So you just go to embraceabundancebook.com. I'm sure you'll have the link in the show notes. You know, there you can follow me on social media. (laughs) And that's really where you're going to probably get for those who are interested in this topic is probably through the book and through the live event. I think so many personal development books are wonderful, but there are a lot of times I'm like, I loved what I read, but what do I do now? So I love books that like, I walk away and I'm like, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. That's what changes me is action. Not just, you know, I can read something and be like, that was wonderful. And then a week later, forgot what I read. So I I love love that you're doing that. Yeah. That's what it's about. And like small little nuggets. So you're only reading like four pages and you're like, oh, I got an idea. This is where I can do. And then you see it and you start building that confidence. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And all of those links will be in the show notes and I'm so excited to read it. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your experience and your story. Um, I'm sure the listeners are feeling very inspired after listening. Thank you so much. Hun. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.